0: Cloverleaf. I I don't know why I've been having Cloverleaf on my mind. Uh, And the thing about Cloverleaf is, it was uh, a donor company I worked in, in between uh, Southern Scrap. Southern Scrap laid us off upon a job actually my brother got me a job working at Club league <laughs> older brother and um I was delivering donuts you know going at midnight or earlier depends on the date and uh I delivered donuts out in Metairie, Kenner and, and that's pretty much it uh, Girtown area and I I would go there 11 o'clock, pick up my load. Load was all. I mean, a uh, route was already established, and I think it was Tom Phillips was one of the the brother-in-law. I don't know who the fucking I can't remember his name. Uh, and I'm sure I would remember his name eventually after I finish this year. But the thing, um, uh, only thing Cloverleaf donors you know, Cloverleaf, you know. ...generally represent Irish and shit like that. Only thing Irish about that donor shop was the fucking street it was on. And it was Dublin and Oak. But I got a job with them. And uh, I can't say they were bad, but... Man, ...average boss. You know, we uh, went there. Our job was to deliver donors. Uh Usually we pick up money twice a week from the vendors. Sometimes it was on a daily basis, whoever it was. If we saw them early. It, like if it was... Maybe a route when people was open up, portion of the route early in the morning where people was open up, they usually counted on us and paid you right then and there, uh, cash or whatever. And some of them did charge it, pay you in a check. Not a company check, sign over somebody check, That that's how your net money always is in somebody's hand. Sign over one of those checks that are cash for somebody and that pay the bill as long as it's good and they stamp is on it. You know, we take it. And a lot of them paid in cash as well. Uh, again, my route was already established. I would uh, start. Hmm, I would usually start somewhere on one side of town, uh, kind of like in Metairie and stuff, put donuts and coolers, and work my way up to uh, towards the airport. I had a place right out there. That fucking place still open, and we never closed. That was the name of the place took the name after the place in Gentilly, but we never closed, and um it was uh you know last stop that way, and then I would turn around and start heading back this way, getting stops along the way but my uh a lot and a lot of the stops you know they were you know I would go there with a cool key to the cooler open up the cooler for the uh, damn'm in. Close the cooler. Cooler be there. I mean, the donuts be there in the morning when the people open up. Uh, they would leave the leftovers donors in there. And usually, they would have them counted on it on the box and different things. Uh, so you gave them credit for one, and you know, charge them for the other one. cart me Some of them didn't even care to count the donors Left it all up to you. And it depends on how many. Customers, and you I had shit anywhere from 30 to 50 customers, I believe, and it could have been more. And uh, so, the, the thing was, I was doing a lot of adding, uh, it was all on paper. You give them receipts, leave a receipt with the donors, how many donors you leave, and how many donors you're taking away. And uh, they never usually questioned it, and then you knew who uh, uh, you had to really be careful because if there was any kind of mistake, they would try to catch you on it. Uh, a real business man, 12 cents a donor, then, you know, fuck that, they they charge a dollar, something for the donor, but they 12 cents for it, and they want their 12 cent credit, you know, because that's another fucking donor, that they could charge for a dollar, and nothing but business, okay, so, you know, the thing uh, about this donor route, it went through, uh, Fat City, now, City cities in Metairie, yeah. Uh, Pretty much a white area up on Severn where they do all that party. You know, yeah, they had football players and shit around there. Uh, But, you know, generally blacks weren't around that much, you know, because uh, it's in Metairie. They actually put that out there in Metairie. Not to say they didn't have a few out there, they did. You know, once someone, one of them friends invited them, you know, ignorant white friends invited them out there. You know, they didn't really bother them, but you know, on a whole, you didn't just see a, a black come out there on his own. Now, I went through that only because I had a, a donor route. Uh, the street used to be fucking busy. Traffic used to be really slow going through there. Uh, and I think there was a 7-Eleven or a Circle Clay, one of them type of stores on the... Strip that I delivered to, and I would get in there and get the hell on out, you know, being busy. And you know, and usually I never, I never had any fucking trouble going through that. Really, busy nights, slow nights, whatever. Never had any fucking trouble. It was always, hey, donor man. You know, most of them was drunk, so I usually tried to get in and out there uh, with just the low politeness. Hey, how you doing? Whatever. You got an extra donor? No. Nah. sometimes I would. But you know, I. I would give my a stale donut, and then the fucking drunk don't know the difference between a stale donut or a fresh donut. And mostly it was a girl I gave a, a donut or two to. So, uh, but I really never had any trouble around there. And so, you know, I, uh, went through that one busy Saturday night, and I had to be working for the company, goddamn. Mm. I can't even imagine how long I had worked there, because it wasn't a year I worked there, but it was long enough in between that break from Kaiser. And uh so I was pretty swift on my route, you know. Uh, Headed down path. Didn't try to sell no more donors, you know, because it wasn't just about selling donors. It was about getting that shit done and out. Because, I mean, as far as the job, I, I didn't really care for the job that much because it was but I did care for it because it was nice and I did care for it because I could carry my weed around with me in my box in the low because it was low uh um, yellow trucks they had yellow donut trucks with a clover leaf on the side of a clover leaf donut and it was like uh, a van just a work van and I couldn't tell you if it was a ford gym or what but you know it was a van style vehicle that we would load, it, load these cardboard boxes up that was, the, uh, they could open them up and put them on the counter well not open them up, keep them closed, put them on the counter and people as they come and get it on they just take them right out the box and close it right back up, that's where they had shit out in the open now they still pretty much got it in the open but so you know we would load these donors and by the time you leave in that place you got a box I mean, a van full of fucking donuts. You, uh, on your way back home, you know, you're trading these boxes and you got a pretty much a van full of, uh, empty boxes. Rarely did you pick up a box. And there were some boxes that you didn't have to, because the boxes were pretty much for two and a half to three dozen donuts. Uh, but there were those places that just had, uh, ordered a dozen donuts, you know, a little small shop. And you fucking hate it stopping there. But hell, it was part of the route already. So, and, and you know, those small stores. I don't, and some of them didn't even sell fucking donuts. But you go there and get the donuts, pick them back up. But anyway, uh, when night going through Severn? I couldn't tell you what type of weather or not. It's not even important. But. I heard uh, something hit the back of the van as I'm pulling off from the store, on Main Street pulling off, and I hit hit it again, bam, yep, just like that, and um, opened up the door, and next thing you know, the motherfucker, I'm look open up the door to look in the back to see where that's coming from. Cause I mean, you know, I don't think it didn't nobody hit me. Just like sound like somebody pumping the damn truck. So I opened up the door, next thing you know, bam, this motherfucker slammed this door in my face. It was a standard, so I put it in neutral, put it in park, and got out. I said, hey motherfucker, what's up with it? It's a mace in my face now i didn't have a gun at the time but what i did have was a long crowbar one of them big old long crowbar with the hook on one end and it pointed slightly on an angle on the other end and i had one of those and i had it where the hook part was closer to my head but it was at the top and i just slid it I had some kind of hook i had it hooked up and i just slid it because it was always there handy and slid in, and I swung at the motherfucker, my eyes burning and shit, you know, and, uh, it happened so fucking fast, though, this motherfucker fell on the ground, and I walked up to him, and I said, you better watch yourself, motherfucker, I said, you better watch this shit, and I, you know, couldn't very well hit him, not that I was gonna hit him in the fucking head. Now, if I'd have caught him by accident after he sprayed me, not accident, caught him after he sprayed me, I'd have been justified. But the point is, I had him on the ground and I couldn't crown the motherfucker. Not in front of a thousand fucking people. (laughs) So anyway, I jumped in the van and went around the corner. I left that shit alone. Thought that shit was done. Now, uh, I went to another 7-Eleven. That was on Veteran. Veteran Highway. Had to be about goddamn four, five, six blocks away. And, uh, went in there, washed my face, and it was a black girl, black, uh, cashier. And I went in the back there, washed my face up and stuff, and normally, whole man is there. <laughs> Every night, because, you know, it's New Orleans out there, and, you know, it's the old man there to make sure she don't get hurt or robbed or kidnapped or whatever but he, he usually there every goddamn night I made a delivery and that was six nights a week so next thing you know <laughs> he's not there and that's cool because uh, I'm, I'm I'm done with the fight other than talking about it because it wasn't a fight it was these bitches that spread this mace in my face you know um, and you know, uh, do the thing with the donors, help and wash my face off, and da-da-da. And I'm leaving, and I look, and as I'm leaving out the door, I notice. I notice something through the truck window look like the back of the glass is something on the back of the glass. It's not moving. I could tell it's stationary, like it's a fixed there, it's not a face, a head or anything, it's, what the fuck is that, when did they get on the back of the glass, looks like it might have been paint, or something darkening it up a bit, it's, but I got on out the door, walked on to the, uh, uh, to the truck, and Billy Boy, a white motherfucker who, uh, was laying on the ground around the corner, stepped out, from behind the damn van and he's got a crowbar in his hand he got a tire on <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh motherfucker and I'm starting to step back and next thing you know I see fuck two time Billy Boy behind me no it wasn't two of them this motherfucker was like a fucking giant a football player wide as fucking shit and I'm like, oh, fuck. So I know I can't get past this motherfucker. If I do turn my back on Billy Boy and get held up trying to get past this motherfucker, Billy Boy going to come behind me and hit me in my head with this fucking tire iron. You know, it's amazing how fast the fucking mind can work. Billy Boy stepped towards me with that tire iron. I took that fucking corrugated donut box. It hit him right between the fucking eye. <laughs> Oh, uh, box wasn't no fucking good after I done that, 'cause you know, I mean, I had to swing that with my right hand, and once that made contact with him, all it done was surprise him. Ain't really hurt him or anything, so I had to move fast. I charged Billy Boy with that crowbar, and I uh, grabbed that hand with that crowbar, and that was in my left hand, and I got him round the neck with my fucking right hand boy, oh boy, oh boy, I tell you, they teach these motherfuckers wrestling in school for a reason. It's part of their repertoire of uh, hatred, weaponry, (laughs) and uh, this motherfucker had me on the ground before I fucking knew it. But, I never let go of that crowbar, oh fuck no. I'm punching him with my right arm, trying to get him off me, and I got the crowbar, and he's trying to fucking wrestle this crowbar for me, and but don't want to get off of me. And I'm and I'm trying to keep him on me, too, because if I keep this bitch on the ground, he can't get up. If I get, let him get up, I'm in real trouble, because this motherfucker behind me, or who was behind me now, Standing up there on the side of me, in front of me, at the bottom of me, kicking me every motherfucking way he can with them damn cowboy boots he had on, pointed toe. And I'm like, oh fuck. I and mean, I was getting my ass kicked good. But I didn't let that crowbar go. This motherfucker there, I had there, wasn't getting no licks, and I just kinda of rolled over and threw this motherfucker and I got this crowbar and I'm standing up there now. This bitch charged me, BOOM, like oh motherfucker and that would hurt me too, but I still got this crowbar and I got him again on top of me and this motherfucker kicking me again. So I do some fast shit and I turn this bitch over after I punch him a couple signs on the head. Grab this crowbar and slide it under the fucking truck. And I turned over to get this motherfucker on top of me. And I kind of pushed him in the face. And got up and ran to the damn store. And this motherfucker with them cowboy boots kicked me in my ass one last time. Before I made it to that fucking door. That's the end of the story. Nah. Nah. Girl, that came out there doing the thing, doing the fight, and she was telling him, "Stop! you stop!" <laughs> and I heard her say that a couple of times. I said, "Call the fucking police!" <laughs> and police came there after the shit was all over. Um, there, beat up bro and every motherfucking thing. Girl got a license plate number. police ran the number told me and the girl ain't no such number that don't come up as a number the girl said that's the that's the number i saw it too they say ain't no such number the girl like okay she knew what they were talking about and i'm like wait a minute you ain't find it. they said that's right we ain't find no number that don't have there's no life the number And they 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 didn't have the license number, didn't offer it back to have it checked somewhere else or anything. That was wasn't the number. So uh I was hurt. After after uh I got home and stuff I was hurt. I was fucking in pain. Not forming on my head, on my back, shoulder, every fucking way from them cowboy boots. I was just lucky to be alive, though. And, uh... I went to the job the next day. I actually quit. I'm like, fuck this. I ain't doing this shit. Fuck that. Uh-uh. I ain't stupid. All they take is one time. And the people like, well, you know, we're sorry. But, uh, we we'll give you a couple of days to think about it. I went back, you know, told them. I mean, next them. I said, and both of them motherfucking names might have been Tom, but, uh, I said, look, one was older, Tom was about a little older than us, and the other one was like a grandpa old, or father old, father for Tom, but, he, uh, I said, hey, look, yeah, you know, thanks for holding my job, I made a rash decision. I said, but uh, what if I get a gun? They said, well, now, you know, that's different. If you got a gun, you wouldn't be working for us. I'm like, motherfucker. To myself, that is. I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You know, fuck them. I got to protect myself. And, you know, if they want to fire me after they find out I got a gun, cool. But I'm not going back out there without a gun. Because uh, I don't believe the motherfucker will be waiting on me. <laughs> and so I got a gun, and I went back out there doing my deliveries. And when uh, Kaiser called back, I went to Kaiser. Big mistake, but I went back anyway, you know. Because that shit didn't last four months, I believe. And I'd be damned if I went back. And after that, after cause I was just fucked for a while. But the thing is, I made a little money with, uh, Colville Leaf donors. Uh, because of the... And I... And I know I say I don't steal, but I lied. And, yeah, I know I said I don't lie, but... I really don't. <laughs> I mean, you know, like... Okay, the donor situation, uh... Donors for twelve cents we sold that to the customer for twelve cent I mean we they sold thousands of fucking donors you know so I mean it might have been twelve cents yeah, I think it was twelve cents we get that donor said you give a customer two dozen donors. customer sell a dozen donor customers one of these customers who don't count. You know, they're not really counting because mostly it's somebody they're paying to watch the register and they're really not counting these donors because <laughs> it's only up to, adding up to a week about $13, $14 but here's the thing if they only sold a dozen donors and you tell them they sold mm. let's say a dozen and sold 15 donors, 15 a number of people believe in, (laughs) so that's three extra donors, now that's 36 cents that you got from them, now, I didn't make a habit out of doing that a lot, because you know, it, it was, it was stealing. You know, but you know, I didn't feel bad doing this to some of them assholes. Um But when you brought that donor back to Tom them, it was worth another twenty six cent. Thirty six cents. So for those three donors, it was actually worth seventy two cents. Three quarters. You got that from somebody else That's a dollar fifty Got that from two more people That's a little more money And that shit fucking add up And if you got fifty customers Then you get three donors from each one of them You yeah, know that's a nice piece of change And some days It was more donors Than the other ones You know uh, Weekends Weekends were good for donors Jelly donors, Glade donors You know all the different type of twisters And everything else and, you know, you usually dropped off Big huge order, double the order. So, thing was, Ever used to take them donuts and get that 36 cents to his chicken. I don't know why that boy used to always have fucking chicken like he was in a farm. <laughs> Had chickens and stuff, so he raising them chickens on the side of the goddamn St. Claude Bridge. Right out there, Dezalone and St. Claude. He got his old mean motherfucking dog press and he got chickens in there. And he giving them chickens, breaking them donuts up and giving them donuts to them chickens. I'm like, fuck, you must love your chickens. And told him about, you know, what he throwing away. Uh, He's like, fuck, you lying, bro. So I showed him, <laughs> you know. I took that $0.36 cent I got from the customer, gave them back, gave that donor back told to Tom, them got credit for that donor there, and I showed them how much money. One week I had, like, a week I had $50 left over. We used to turn the money twice a week sometimes. And then, you know, have the checks and the money, the checks you get from some of the vendors who passing along those checks and paying off their debt with that. And, you know, it wasn't bad. So, uh, one day I had so much fucking money, left over, I gave myself, I had checks. And I had to hold on to some checks till the next week. And I'm like, okay, now you got to gauge what you're stealing. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I, uh, yep, I did steal. Anyway, with the gun, I, uh, went out there with this gun and, uh, I used to hang around at the because I wanted these motherfuckers. I did. Oh god I wanted them. And it was a little small thirty two revolver. Uh I think that might have been the first gun I purchased. Uh really legally. Uh, it's not the first gun I carried, but it's the first gun I ever purchased. And the um, thing about that, that gun. I used to keep it in my flight jacket, my field jacket. Still had my military uh, uh, field jacket. It was pretty warm in New Orleans, especially in all that damn cold wintertime, too. So, yeah, it had to be during the wintertime. Oh, close to a Mardi Gras and shit. And uh, I had this gun. And, you know, I used to get out my stops, and I knew this gun right where it was because I could feel it. Feel this metal. In this pocket on my right side, you know, swinging as I get out and everything else. Right there in my lap as I sit down, you know. And I wasn't worried about it or anything. And then one day I had a thought. I'm like, you know, you should take that first bullet out of that chamber. And I looked at the gun good one day, took all the bullets out. Looked at which way it revolves, because I I've only always get revolvers. I never got anything other than revolver. I never got an automatic, because, I mean, I just don't trust that many moving parts. So I've always had revolvers, but the thing is, that was my first one, and uh, something told me to take the bullet out the chamber. So I took all the bullets out, check out which way it revolves, and... Uh, put all the bullets in except for the first one that would hit if I pulled the trigger. So, I mean, if I went up and pulled the trigger at somebody, it wouldn't go on because it hit an empty chamber. And uh, one day I was driving and got back in the truck and I heard, (coughs) I stopped, Um, I stopped Pulled over and looked at the gun and saw that it had just hit that empty chamber. That fucker would have hit me right in my groin, and I would have probably got bled to death before I'd have gone in the help. But, uh I, uh, I stopped carrying it in my pocket, then. I carry my gun in my pocket now, but I carry carried it in a holster. And you know, like I said, I have a Derringer, but it's a big enough Derringer that I don't have to worry about nothing. Need to throw some 357. But anyway, anyway, I pretty much ever since that time I've always had a gun, uh, and I have never, never had cause to use it. But I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have that motherfucker. You understand? Uh, I heard last night where we me and a dog was parked. Uh, on the California side and I'm on that side now, but I'm at the centerpiece. The rest stop up on the hill. And I heard some I heard some coyotes the other night. On the other side of where we was closer towards the train track. 'Cause I'm about a mile from the track but there's people in all in between there. And uh I heard uh heard some uh coyotes they say you know I heard somebody shooting, so I mean that's another good thing they're good I mean you won't most likely won't hit one, but if you shoot, they usually uh, you know leave you alone and get away and decode over here with these fucking lights on like they know don't know they got Fucking high beam light sitting on somebody, but shit like that made me give up my gun, cause I was in uh, and I mean I gave up a gun, my gun for a little while. I had a 44 Magnum, a Ruger revolver, and I had a 357 Smith and Wesson. And I went to, uh, I was in Phoenix, and this is something I hiked all over Washington with these guns, because I used to be up in the mountains hiking, and, you know, I mean, it was fucking Seattle, like, serial, well, not Seattle, but that area was like, serial capital, uh, well, murder, serial murder capital of the world, and, I, I mean, I wasn't scared, I was Still fairly young and dumb, and I didn't mind walking this motherfucker here. Fuck, dick, fucking dick, and know they're doing that shit. People are so fucked up, but that's another reason, you know, I had to temper down. Because it's so easy to pull out guns. But anyway, I was in Phoenix with these guns. And I was jacking a box, you know. I went to a fucking jack in a box. After I had been there a while and went through a series of jobs, getting up and like getting fucked and been arrested for marijuana, I had to go through all this past shit and broke. And here it is I go to fucking jack in a box. This box. This motherfucker got my order sitting right there on the counter And come up after five minutes Or a few minutes of me sitting there waiting too damn long Ain't do nothing in the bag but close it up and say here you go Like you mean my ship been sitting up there all the time getting cold And I almost pulled my gun out on him I drove away And I went and sold my gun. Sold my Ruger for seven hundred. Sold that Smith and Weston for three. And I uh, sold them on the street too. Fuck it. The Ruger, cause I bought them in pawn shops up in Seattle. Sold that Ruger for uh, seven hundred. I sold it right outside the pawn shop because the fuckers didn't want to give me what it was worth inside the pawn shop. I'm like, not, dude. Follow me outside the pawn shop. Say, hey, dude, how much? That was in Phoenix. I know damn well where those guns were going. <laughs> Just, <coughs> Just some loving owners. And uh thing is, I uh went ahead on and uh, sold it to that guy for 700 and 300 for the Smith & Western. Because the Smith & Western was a three fifty. He, uh... Fucking dicks. Finally, fucking move. And the Smith and Weston was, uh, 357 and the 44 Magnum was, whew, sweet Ruger, though. And I, uh, I never shot the thing. Uh, shit. They stopped me in Phoenix with the fucking thing, uh, on old marijuana. <laughs> and they took my guns and want to bring it downtown. And they want to give me shit about getting my guns back. And I finally got them back, though. But when I got them back, they had been fired. And I've never fired my gun before. And I asked them, How come it was fired? And, well, for ballistics. Get the fuck out of here. I said, You know, the gun was worth a hell of a lot more not fired. And I didn't fire. Well, you carried it around. Well, I carried the boat around and I did. Because Arizona was one of the places you could carry guns. Phoenix. But I. I You know, they didn't get me on a gun charge, they got me on weed charges. And I ended up going to Vans for it. But anyway, the reason I told that story was when uh, I first got a gun. Now, when I lived in a project, you know, in high school, hung out with Jake, there was a time we did carry guns, but that was only momentary. That was when we stomped through the project. And usually if you left out the project... Uh, not that you was okay, but you didn't want to get caught with a gun. As you walked through the project, it was in many ways uh, tossing and getting rid of it, because that was your home. But outside the project, it was no place to be with, with a gun. And it wasn't like something I used carried carry as a habit. It was just with Jake for a while, I think. Jake got beat up or something, or something happened. He used to carry a gun. So when I hung with him for a minute, uh, that tough and we used to hang back and forth to the project but he uh I think that was Andrea he married her they uh he used to run back to her house and different things and you know when he found his girl he started hanging there some more. so I knew I stepped out and uh I, I didn't carry a gun anymore you know there was really no need And I didn't carry a gun. I don't believe until after I got out of, till I started working at Cloverleaf Donuts, and I kept that gun until I left New Orleans. You know, and I didn't get a gun up in Alaska or anything. Uh, And after I gave up that gun, I didn't get another gun until shit. I got a little automatic. Cause that's all I can look for One of those little Phoenix 25 He uh, lived in this area God damn up on Washington Avenue Washington and LaSalle Fuck and it was happening doing Mardi Gras Uh uh What was that Super Sunday and shit But fucker There was some crime written around It was a goddamn thing shame In those little apartments Where were those apartments you know these people who, Bruno, Bruno something who finally they got for some my Motherfucker made all that money off of black folks and they knew it and done nothing while he did that. Anyway, guns. Do you need a gun? No, not really, but uh, now you're, well, you're used to not. But I think as you get older, you got to get a gun to Protect yourself, and I think if they knew older folks had guns and knew how to use guns, they wouldn't so ready to rob an older person. And a lot of them don't know how to use a weapon, scared to use. Oh, I won't carry a gun, okay? Then get your sign. say, I don't have a gun, so you I, I, just, I, just take the money, please. A lot of them do that, but some don't. Some of them motherfuckers say, okay, let's go to your house and see what you got there. Shit. So, then they end up there. So, you know, the thing is, fuck it, you go down without a fight or you go down with a fight. Uh, Me, myself, I'd rather go down with a fight instead of go down easy. Um, I guess that's that project in me. But anyway, I didn't, (laughs) you know, weapons is guns, you know, it's a difference, you know, guns and weapons. Um, A weapon is something you carry ready. It could be gun, knife, pole, pipe, anything, but a gun, a gun is a weapon you fucking figure your Better than a hammer, better than a pole, better than a fucking pipe, better than a knife. You can get somebody out of instant with that if you're good enough, you know. So even a shotgun would do a good job of that shit. So gun when you got a gun, I mean you are ready to potentially take someone life. But then mean you're ready to actually stop someone immediately. You know and I mean the thing is you usually don't know one of these motherfuckers trying to do something. Till it up on you. When you're up on you the wrong time to decide to pull your gun on. Oh yeah, it's just bad timing then so you know, I'm I'm not sure about the gun thing all I know I'd rather have a gun and not need it than need a gun and not have it and again you know I think you know last year if it wasn't for me having a gun in the desert even though the safety was on and I didn't realize the motherfucker you know when these two people walked up on me in the middle of the desert last fucking year you know out of nowhere come on And in black, it's hot as piss. And they got on black clothes. The woman got on a fucking black jacket. They can't speak Spanish. That's what I'm not saying against that. But they can't communicate with me. And this motherfucker acting like they can't understand. I speak a little, but not that much. it just felt like they were walking up on me. So uh, I had a gun and I was glad. And I was glad to pull that motherfucker out. Scared the piss out of her, she started running, but that's okay. He backed the fuck up and I didn't let him get up on me. And that is the thing about a gun. You got to have this gun out and you got to show it. And you don't let him get up on you because if you let him get up on you, that gun is fucking quite useless, you know? Uh, Cause all they got to do is pull a fucking taser out. Whatever, and you know, I know that a lot of people say, well, a taser's better. Okay, well, that's up to you. they got to get up on you to use that taser, so y'all be up on each other tasing each other That's if you could get to your taser out your pocket. But I have no problem in my state living where way I do in the in in desert like this, uh, having a gun at the ready. And actually, I just got on a dog because the dog usually I signed her to wash the damn gun. And I told her I don't know where the gun is. Probably in the back right where we sleep. But uh, I lose track of it sometimes. I know it's in the car. It's either in between the seat right here on a, between the uh, uh, passenger seat in the middle console. Or it's right there in the back next to the sleeping. Between where the dog's sleep and or where the dog's sleeping thing is. But she sleep there on the mat with me most nights. Until she get too damn hot in my sleeping bag. But the gun is right there. And she knows where, where the gun is. And she knows what it sounds like, too, because I not shot it in front of her. And uh, just to get used to the sound of it. And she know what the gun sounds like. And she's not scared of traffic. She's not scared of guns. I mean, she ain't no fucking super dog going to save me from nothing. But it ain't gonna send her running, not away. It'll send her running in maybe in circles to get away, but it's not gonna send her running away from me and she's actually getting a little more protective now, so um as far as uh no one can walk up on the car, I know once I'm uh walk away from the car. So many people see her in the car, and she just sit up there looking at whichever door. I always make sure she see which door I go in, and I tell her, watch the car. Uh, she know what watch the car mean, and she take keep a good eye on the car. Nobody come up to the car while she's uh in here by herself, and not get not get any attention from her, because she's going to sit there in that seat, my seat or her seat, or the next seat over here, and she's going to watch... Uh, Damn that part smell like lavender. Uh, uh, uh. And she's gonna wash the car, so that's one of the things about uh being on a ready when you're older, 'cause you gotta have a garden, you gotta be able to protect yourself, you gotta have this early warning, this dog, and I was gonna get rid of for a while, yeah, but this dog is actually very good. She's pretty girl. She don't pay me no mind. Sometimes, most times, but she's very, very, very smart. Uh, I think it's just the way I raised her. She's a year old now. She started out to be a mixed chihuahua, looks just like a chihuahua, about big as my hand, big as a gun. And uh, she grew slower than one month, you know. It looked like she grew, like, fucking a foot tall. At least, you know, she's about a foot tall. She's 25 pounds. She's a little wire hair thing. She's not a chihuahua. She's got the color of a chihuahua. She's blonde. But she's a blonde wire hair terrier. Uh, She's been with me, uh, yeah, since she was about a month old, I believe. They gave her way too early. Because the solid food was making her sick when I first got her. And I had to give her something soft, real soft, you know. And she lapped that up for a minute. And then after a couple of days, you know, she got used to it. Her shit tightened up a little bit. Then I started feeding her a little more solid, like the uh, Caesar. And uh, she started coming out. nice. she won't even eat Caesar. I gave her Caesar nine. She's like, uh-uh, I want some of them grits she's cooking. But she won't take the grits if the grits cold or if the grits don't have nothing in it But I don't mix them up. She like a hot meal. And then I've been feeding her early. But again, I've spoiled her uh, because, you know, she don't like eating early. You know, she like waking up, going out, pee and poo, maybe even taking a walk. And she like coming back and then going to sleep for a couple more hours. She like getting up, and then stretching. Mm, mm, mm. Walk over, brought about a hundred yards away or so. Go take a pee. Come back, drink some water, look around. If if our food looks the same, ain't gonna happen. So it's usually that time I'm ready to cook for me, about noon. So I go ahead on and cook my food no matter what I'm having. Like today I had some spinach and rice and a piece of tuna. And she uh, waited for me to cook. I put some spinach and rice in her uh, her hard and soft, her Caesar, and her... Uh, what are these little things? In the yellow bag. It ain't perina, I got the bag. I do not make noise because I want to hear... Here, think I'm about to feed her again. She ain't going to eat it, but she would be curious. But it's the little yellow bag with the dog, little small bites. And I think it's Farina. And she, uh yeah, it is, because I got the little pouches of the wet food. And she looked at that shit and was like, why did I waste my money on this shit? You know, and I'm still feeding her, but she looked at it. So I got the egg grits and different things. Give her a little cup of piece of tuna, some of that spinach and rice, and mix her food up in it, and she ate it all. Uh, she like hot food, and I spoiled her like that, you know, and that's okay. But, you know, if I keep off that hot food for a while, then she have no choice. If I wait till late, late in the evening, and feed her her food, she'll eat it with no problem, because that's, that's it. But... These are strong-willed dogs. They look at that food and won't touch it. And we'll leave it till late in the evening. Sometimes you just eat a little bit of it, and then leave the rest alone. I'm like, okay, you're wasting it. But the thing is, she uh, she will eat it. I just got to stop feeding her so early, which I have, and I only feed her one time a day now instead of two times. You know, morning and evening. I feed her. You know, about noon. She'll eat. She'll eat it all, and that would be it. And at nighttime, I give her a couple of treats, a little couple of jerky treats, and that's enough to hold her over until morning. Get up in the morning, do her same routine over. So that's my other weapon. She's uh, she listens really well. Uh, I call her. Uh, well. She do listen, but there are times when this dog just ignore me We, I take her walking, you know, we go walking in the desert And she'll walk her own way And, you know, expect me to follow her And I do follow her a lot of time. Let her lead because I need, I need her to lead I need her to lead and know where she at and she, and I, We could be anywhere and I tell her, you know Go home, That me go to the truck And, she knows and she'll go home even when we had our apartment, I would say, go home, and she'd start walking ahead of me going home. She'd hear me talking, and i stop biting her bone. Uh, she's a good dog, but, you know, we talk some—I mean, talk. We uh, walk some time, and she just—I'm like, you know, tell her, come here, 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 and she just ignore me. I got to watch her sometimes, because she'll eat some poop. Uh, I think it's coyotes or the jackrabbits. So— I got to watch it. Don't let her eat that shit. Because she'll get sick off it. Um, but other than that. She's damn, such a damn good dog. She's getting to the point. Of, you know, She understands English really good. Uh, she understands a lot of stuff. T-R-E-A-T. I can't say it. But she'll want one. Uh, and she got a couple of toys. She know what the running she like throw i like i throw rocks and be out there i throw rocks and she'll go get the rock and bring the rock back or run all over she got a stuffed animal i got a couple of rocks in it but really more cotton and the rocks in the keeps giving way she'll run she carried that goddamn thing our whole walk this evening because i try to walk in the morning and walk in the evening if i don't walk in the morning i'm gotta walk in the evening but if i walk in the morning you know I can walk in the evening too, but uh, I usually do walk in the evening anyway, right after the sunset, and you know, still got plenty of light, but she carried that little thing all over, her little stuffed animal all over, played with it, even had me throw it to her a couple of times, but she'll bring it up and drop it, come on, come on, but uh, no, she's, uh, she's a damn good dog, smart as shit. Uh, don't pay me no attention when she want her, but I think you know that's the way I raised her She's uh very independent uh, Wait that was last month. She just had her first Cycle and what a fucking mess. Oh I was ready to give her weight then. I got a yellow sheet that I use in between my uh, sheepskin uh, uh, cover and this damn uh, the other thing has so much fucking blood on it. My comforter had blood on it. And you'll thing my sleeping bag is red and black. <laughs> but God, as soon as that shit went up on her, I went ahead on and uh, did laundry. And because the smell is so. But, uh, you know, it may be time for her next one. But I... I I had another dog, and she didn't go into menstrual cycle just like talking about it, you know, she get that one over, and, you know, maybe it's a month or so before the next one. What are you doing? Playing with your toy, huh? What are you doing? Oh, that's in your light, Where that light? Man, that's on the bank, playing with her toy, the one I was talking about. But no, she's a good dog. She's uh my best friend. She's a pretty girl, and uh, I think if it was not for her, I left the country by now. But it was I. have just got to get paperwork. Uh, if I hadn't had her after what happened in o- Oregon, I would. I would have been gone but I think it's a good thing I didn't leave because I didn't wanna just give her up, you know, drop her at a pound because I mean she's been a good faithful dog to me. Listen to me, was there for me, <laughs> you know? Uh and I didn't wanna just bring her to a pound to end up killing those anybody end up with her. I don't think they would understand her because uh yeah, I could bring her out to a field and I you know, say something like giddy Get a girl and she'll run and run and she love to run and that's the thing I can't just afford to have anybody box in because she will I mean being me a dog and able to run now and able to know what it's like to be out here running being the free life. because I don't put a leash or, a leash or anything on her uh, I've trained her to walk right next to me once we jump out of this truck she, she pretty much got that down walk next to me and hear her. You know, right here, come on. And uh, when I say go, and that's when she runs to the, the spot. We go to Love. She know the dog park there. Now, we don't go to the dog park all the time, but when there's nobody in there, we go. Somebody got another dog there? Now nah, we don't go. Um uh, go because I don't want her around other people's dogs. Not so much. I don't want her around other people's dogs for the dog's sake because of the people. Some people just nasty with attitude. They want to run. I don't believe in my dog just running up on other dogs, you know, because I don't know what their dog got. And it is because me and this dog is pretty fucking close. <laughs> I don't need this dog sniffing up on nobody else or no other dog. I don't even let her go up on people, you know, and she really don't trust people. She does love people, but I'm teaching her not to run up on people because she will try that. But on a whole, she's young. She's got another good year of learning to do, and she's uh, doing well. I just got to I keep the leash on her when I'm in places, like up on the hill here in the rest area. I keep the leash on her. Once we get out of the car, oh you know, ain't no, because got too many tractor trailers. and I mean, she's not scared of them at all, but I don't want her to make a mistake and run underneath one and then run because I yell stop or something, because she have a tendency to do that. Um, trying to get to the point so I can't yell and say, yes, come here. And she's getting like that. You know, but if she's done something wrong, she knows she's done something wrong, She kind of skittish. And I got to, you know, take a little time and be demanding, but she eventually come. Uh, and I'm getting to the point now where she's doing it a lot more freely and willingly. Uh, even when she's done something wrong. So she's actually... I, again, I give her a lot of freedom, and I just do that because I like to see how she going to do. Uh, most of the time, she's sitting outside the truck. If I say stay close, you know what that means. She stay close. Uh, she try to sneak off sometimes, but she, if she do, she's usually going off you know, in the distance just to poop or pee, which is good. Uh, but mostly, all I got to do is call her back. She loved to see other dogs out there. Uh, she do not like big dogs because of their uh, uh, cabalis. Fucking big dog got away from this woman and came right up on a big fucking huge fucking massive, I think. And uh, now it was a big pit, big fucking head pit. And it's she she running the dog with a little cutie cutie shit on. And the fucking dog got away from her when she seen another dog. Uh, oh he seen another dog came right at pretty. And I had to grab pretty hole, pretty up at the dog, jumping all up on me, trying to get my fucking dog. And uh she uh come here, come here running behind the dog and the dog and she come behind the dog, the dog go from side to side of me. You know I'm like, God damn. I'm scared the dogs going to fucking bite me. That's my biggest worry. I got pretty over my head. So pretty been kind of skittish, a bigger dog ever since, you know. Uh, even smaller dogs. Well, I'm not smaller dogs. She just leery of a bigger dog, you know. But she warm up to them fast. Because I do let her and the dog. So I think uh, as part of company uh, on a senior side. A dog... Cat, cats good, depends on your neighborhood where you live, you live around a lot of mice and stuff Cats are great, but make sure they outside cats You might, might want to get them fixed Because so they'll bring home a bunch of babies But make sure they outside cats, they'll come home and keep that bitch clean You ain't going to have no rats or nothing around that um, A dog, I used to have a cat and a dog Both of them named with pretty girl And they were both travelers too. Jump in the car in a minute and I'll travel all over the country with them. (laughs) But those two dogs, I mean, those two were different. And I call it say two dogs. That dog and that cat was different. And uh, when I would walk the dog, because I had the dog up on Washington too. And I would walk the dog around the graveyard off LaSalle. And. The cat would follow and people would say, That's your cat? And I would say, Shh. She don't know she's a cat. Yeah. And she'll father walk with us and come on back home. Handle her business out there and everything else, just like the fucking dog. But I bought her out there to the Greenwood, Mississippi, oh Greenwood, uh Louisiana out there, retorted town with Robert Carson. And that motherfucker cat. Oh boy, he had a fucking cat, Tom Cat. Shit. If I could've got away with killing him, I'd have killed him, but ended up killing my cat, running my cat off and shit. I ain't never seen after this girl ran off. But anyway, this is not even about cats. Well, cats good for guard dogs, huh? Some of them. But then anyway, this is about guns. And uh not just guns and what caused me to get my first gun. Uh, I got my ass kicked good out there in Metairie. Right on Veteran Highway. And I don't know why I had been thinking about Clover Leaf donor. But that right there wasn't a no luck. Though years later, I got, once I first hit the road, I did get a tattoo of a four leaf clover on me. That was only because of my Irish great great grandfather, Paddy Green. That's what Mama them say anyway. But anyway, later.